In this week's podcast, the episode topics seem to be boundaries, okay? So today I'm answering a question from someone who says that they've decluttered the obvious things in their home, but their home still doesn't feel very functional and it doesn't run as smoothly as they would like and they still want to have less, but the stuff that they're keeping is stuff that they feel like they might need. Um, they're expecting another baby. And so they've just saved a lot of things for that maybe someday sort of season of life. Like they aren't sure they're ready to get rid of it. And those things are starting to take up a lot more space in their home. So how do I help them to stay motivated and find success in these areas? Okay, number one, I feel like especially when you're having three and four children in your home, that's five and six people in your home. Laundry is a huge source of clutter. It feels like clutter. There's laundry on the floor everywhere. There's laundry in different places. There's laundry that just takes over and it feels messy and it feels like you can never keep up with it. So laundry is a huge source of clutter, which is exactly why I do the capsule wardrobes for my children and myself. Um, we sort the laundry, like I have sorted the laundry by person for years and it saves so much time. There are not multiple laundry baskets of clothing. My kids use their dirty clothes hamper. It is a sturdy basket, but it is small and they can carry it as young as two and three years old. They can carry their laundry basket from the laundry room to their bedroom and from their bedroom back to the laundry room. They collect their stuff from the bathroom and take it to their hamper in their bedroom to put in their own hamper so we are not mixing clothes, which eliminates sorting the laundry. So that is one thing that I've done uh, to really streamline and simplify my home. The kids do not have a ton of clothing. They have a week's worth of laundry that they have access to. Sometimes as we're changing out the seasons, they will have up to two weeks worth of laundry that they have access to. But then I start to feel overwhelmed because if they knock it on the floor, it feels like it's more than they can quickly pick up. I want them to be able to clean up their, put their clothes away in about five to seven minutes for everything. If they've washed every piece of clothing that they have, I want them to be able to put it away in under 10 minutes all by themselves after I have washed it, dried it, and folded it. When I fold their laundry, again, this we've talked about this, we hang up as much as possible. They do not have dressers. Everything is stacked on the hanging shelves in their closet. I want it to be easy for them to maintain their own laundry without me having to participate in following up with them and making sure it's done and doing all of the things. I want it to be their responsibility, not mine. So that is one huge way that I've done that. And even when your children are young, they can help. I started mine as soon as they were capable of putting stuff away. So really, they were participating in it as soon as they were about a year old. 18 months for sure they were participating in and being a part of it, even if they weren't responsible for it. They could put their clothes on the hanger or they could take their hanger and they could hang it up on the clothing rod. We have adjusted the clothing rods for our children for years, um, probably the last six years, seven years. I have adjusted the clothing rods so that they were able to reach them 
So from my youngest two children, they have always been able to reach their clothing to hang it up on the clothing rod. You can buy a cheap one at Target or Amazon. You can get one that hangs down. You can even make one yourself. In one home, we used a curtain rod and just attached it across the side of this closet to create an extra hanging rod that the kids could use. And I just put a nail in the wall and put the curtain rod onto the nail so it didn't fall down. It was so easy. It worked beautifully and they could reach what they needed. Um, the other thing that I feel like feels really overwhelming in homes when there are multiple people, the things that really feel stressful are the things that are constantly being messed up. Number one, the toys. Do you have too many in the living room? Do you have them in multiple rooms of the house? Are the toys that you have sure they're played with, but are they really played with in an imaginative, giving them creativity to um, create their own games and their own ways of learning? Or is it just do it this way specifically to this piece of game, this toy, this set? You have to use it this way. You have to use the characters this way. Those are not my favorite. I don't feel like they encourage long-term engagement with the children and then they don't encourage long-term play. I want the open-ended play. I want creativity, toys that can be used in multiple different ways. So like kitchen sets, um, little characters and things that can be played with in a variety of different ways. Um, I like a plain dollhouse, not a specific set that goes together and you can't mix them up. I don't feel like those are as open-ended. I absolutely love Legos and building toys, all of those things, coloring, dress up, um, but keep it as open-ended as possible and get rid of anything that is very uh, specific. So anything that is only played with this way, um, like we get very creative with our kids' toys and the things that they play with, and that helps them to play for a longer time. And <laughs> that is the goal, right? I want them to be engaged with their toys, playing together, creating new games. I want them to bring in things that aren't part of that set. So bringing in a blanket to play or a washcloth to play with their baby dolls as a blanket, like be creative. What are the things that we can do to be creative and play in new ways? Those are the types of toys that I want, not the ones that require specific pieces and collections and things like that. It, it stunts their creativity and I feel like they just end up fighting over them or get bored with them a lot faster. Um, multiple toys that do the same types of things. So having four different dollhouse sets or character houses, you can probably eliminate it down to just one and allow that one to be the game system or that house for their characters. We have had... Um, a lot of entertainment with the little Imaginex characters and we would build Lego houses or we had a dollhouse and they all played in the dollhouse and they did different things. And it wasn't a specific dollhouse that had specific characters because we mixed them all together. So Batman and Robin and Superman and all the different characters 
played with the animals and you have crocodiles and dinosaurs in the house too, along with the baby dolls and the little girly characters that go with the calico critters and different things that would be mixed in together to use more creative play. So things that are going to limit their creativity or only be used in one certain way, those can all go. So toys, really keeping it open-ended and um, and getting rid of the things that are duplicates. They don't need three different writing toys. One is good. Like what is the best writing toy, the easiest, the least annoying? <laughs> what can you do without? Um, they don't all need to be writing toys at the same time. And you don't need six different writing toys when you have two kids. So what can you do without? Um, you have a scooter, you have a little scoot toy, a, a learning to walk toy and a shopping cart and a rocking toy and all these different things that overall do a very similar thing. How can you simplify that so that it is uh, using a lot less space. Like what can you do without? What is the favorite one? What is one that can be used in the most different ways or by the widest variety of age groups? Um, scooters can often be used by a wide age group. Um, the shopping cart is probably more likely to be used by a variety of different ages than a riding toy or a scooter type, like a scooting, um, I don't know, what are, what are those push cart kind of things? So I want you to be really thoughtful about what are those things. So clothing, laundry is a big stressor, toys and having a lot of toys that you really could do without. And that's the big question. What can you do without? Not what do you use? What do you play with? What can you do without? Like what would they play with if they didn't have this one anymore? What would they do if they didn't have these toys anymore? What would they play with? And maybe disappear them for a little while and see how it goes. If you're not ready to make a full-on commitment and getting rid of things, then what can you do to just get them out of the way for a while and make those decisions in another week or two after you see how they play with what you have left? Those are the things I want you to think about and talk to yourself about. And I want you to do the same thing in the kitchen. As you're going through the different spaces in your home, Start thinking out at the different appliances or the different utensils in the kitchen. What would you, what would happen if you didn't have this anymore? What would you use? So what can you use instead of this? What pieces in your kitchen have the most open-ended uses? Um, I definitely prefer just some good quality knives that are nice and sharp as to a bunch of different gadgets and all the different uh, choppers and different things. So I want you to really think through what you can do without and what is really a priority to keep. The thing I really want you to think about is if you do remove that item, you don't need to put something in its place. Moving from kitchen stuff to thinking about the decor in your home. If you take that picture off the wall, you don't have to replace it. Take the nail out. <laughs> Just let it be a blank wall for a while. If you're tired of looking at that picture, or if you feel like the artwork on your walls are just too much, just take it all down and live with some clean spaces for a little while. Sometimes just removing the rugs from the room or the curtains or, you know, some of the decor, the stuff that's on the shelves. Sometimes just clearing that stuff out of the way sets you up 
for a whole new way of thinking about your room, about your home, about the furniture pieces that you have. Um, so I want you to really think through that. What is there that you don't need? How would you live without it? What would you do if you no longer had those things there? Do you need those things? Are you tired of looking at those things? Sometimes just getting rid of those things and clearing them out gives you such a fresh perspective on your space that you feel a lot more freedom. And I mean, the less stuff we have, the less stuff we need to take care of, the more time we have to do the things we want to do rather than taking care of our belongings. That is my priority in my home. I want less stuff to take care of. I don't want to be a minimalist. I love sentimental things. I love the stuff that brings me joy. My husband is not at all a minimalist. He collects things. He has his things, but his things are contained to his office. They are not all over the house. And so that is why giving these boundaries, setting up a space that works to keep the things that you want to keep, um, setting up a place, you know, just like a silverware tray, right, in the kitchen. We have a silverware tray. We're not going to have the silverware all heaped in a pile like like overflowing laundry baskets over the silverware tray. That makes it hard to get to anything. They get stuck in the drawer. They fall behind the drawer. I mean, it causes all kinds of chaos if you let that happen. So just having the things that you actually need instead of a whole bunch of stuff that you like or it's fine or it's good quality, so why get rid of it? Well, you know, here's why you get rid of it. It's because maybe someone else needs that right now. You don't need it. You don't need it. It's not bringing you any value being at your home if it's in the way, if it's keeping you from being able to do other things that you want to do, maintaining that space and keeping up with those belongings or just feeling the weight of having all of those things to take care of sometimes is just more than you need to put on your shoulders. Sometimes just getting rid of that, post it on your local free groups somewhere. There's so many different places that we can share these items. Um, the homeless shelters where they are giving women, you know, the battered women's shelter where they are moving into their own place after they left everything that they had just to protect their family. Um, I mean, those are great places to offer things that you have for your home that are great quality that just aren't right for you right now. Um, clothing, shoes, accessories, decor, um, you know, kitchen items, extra hangers. There's so many different places that we can share those items. Uh, extra furniture, beds, mattresses, sheets, bedding, like all those things that we have way more than we need in our homes. Even I do right now. I'm ready to go through my home again. <laughs> um, but these are places that are really looking for those things. I talked to one of our local places and they say they get a request for a bed, a request. Someone is needing bed, a bed for their family daily. They have daily requests, often multiple requests every day in our small little town um, where they are looking for beds. So if you live in other places, there's, I mean, that's just one of the many different um, charities that help, um, that help underprivileged families and help people who are just now getting their own house or um, whatever. 
so there are opportunities all around you. You just have to ask the right people and do a little bit of legwork to find the ones that you are going to really be excited to support. So do that. There's so many different ones that will even come to your house and pick it up. All you have to do is put it on the porch, put it at the curb. I mean, you don't have to go out of your way to do a lot of this and get it to the right people. I've done this for a really long time. I do this with my clients. I just post it, share it in a group, set up a um, a pickup service from a different charity. I know Salvation Army. We have AMVETs around here. And there's so many different places that will come and pick up your donations from your home. You don't have to go anywhere. Um, you don't have to carry anything. It does... Um, if you do have larger pieces, it takes a little bit more work to get those out. Um, a lot of times the people that send the services out to pick it up, it's a one-person pickup. So they're not going to be able to take stuff that requires multiple people to pick it up because they're just sending one person. Um, I do want you to really think about what you have at your home that is just there because you have it. And then how much happier will you be if you don't have to clean that item anymore, if you don't have to dust around that anymore, if you don't have to trip over the corner of that rug anymore? Is there something in your home that is causing you to feel frustrated on a regular basis or to just, uh, that just requires extra thought? Is there something that slows you down just because you have to think about it? Do you need that item? Do you need that thing? Do you need any of it? Um, because I, I guarantee you probably be just fine without it. <laughs> so if you have any questions or if you're stuck with the, how to fix those solutions, you know, those situations in your home, if you're stuck there and you don't know how to get to the right decision on can you live without this item or can you, uh, what would you do if you did remove this chair that you just have to go around or that, you know, squeaks and wobbles or whatever? It's a sentimental piece, but it feels like it just takes over the whole room. Um, I, ha I would love to help walk you through that. Book yourself an SOS call on www.thesosmom.com. That's thesosmom.com. You can book an SOS call right there today and get those questions answered. I would love to help you with that. Um, if you are trying to figure out how many clothes your kids need, what can you do without, go to thesosmom.com and fill out the link, and I will send you a printable list, a checklist of how many clothes your kids need. I have it ready to send right now. So go ahead and get on there and get yourself that link. Like get yourself that printable checklist so you can know how many clothes your kids need. I use a very similar one for myself. Um, it, it's pretty much the same. Some of the words are a little different, but it is the same amount of stuff. So I want you to really think through how much do you need? What do you need? And the best way is to make it all mix and match. So if you're stuck or if you're in a style rut and you don't even know where to start for yourself, get that checklist of what you really need and then start creating that wardrobe. Find your style. If you need some help with that, book a call. Okay, I'm here for you. I love you so much. I can't wait to talk with you. 
I'll be back soon. You guys have a great day. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Hey friend, thanks for listening to this episode of the SOS Mom Show. I hope that you have been inspired and feel less overwhelmed and able to take on your projects at home after listening to this show. If you want more of the behind the scenes and to connect with me, you can find me in the Facebook group at the SOS Mom Show, that's in Facebook groups, or email me at hello at the SOSmom.com. I will be there waiting to answer your questions and to help you simplify, organize, and style your home and your life. I am praying for you. I hope you have a blessed day. I'll talk to you real soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. Did I say it right?